Hey friends, welcome back to the Servings Podcast, a podcast designed specifically for school nutrition. Uh, We are back after a little bit of a summer hiatus. We took a a few months removed from uh, the podcast to to enjoy some nice weather and and, uh, help some folks get uh, some things squared away with the summer feeding programs, but we're back and we're back in a big way. We have a very special guest uh, with us this month. Again, I, I couldn't be more excited for her to be our first industry partner, and I promise you we are going to hit the exact topic slash topics that's at uh, the top of everyone's mind, specifically around some of the, the uh, delivery shortages and some of the challenges around getting some of the, the food items um, from, our, uh, from some of the food um, partners and vendors um, within school nutrition. So we, we attack that topic. I'm excited for you all to hear um, our guest thoughts on that. And then I also want to give a quick little plug and preview. We have a, uh, a really incredible, and I know it sounds like I, I might be overselling it because I say, say it a lot. I know I do, but we have an incredible podcast coming next month and uh, there'll be more information to come, but I promise you that'll be one that you won't want to miss. Um, and I, I could not be more excited about that one. Uh, but with that being said, uh, I hope you enjoy this month's podcast. I hope you enjoy uh, the special look that we um, that we get from another industry partner on the side of the industry that's um, at the forefront of everyone's minds and thoughts right now. And um, hope you'll come back and join us next month as well. That being said, I hope you all stay safe. I hope everyone's having a great start to the school year. And uh, again, don't be a stranger. Drop us a line. I'm joined today by a special guest. She's our first guest uh, on the Servings Podcast from the industry side of school nutrition. She is now in her 12th plus year, I believe, with General Mills um, in some varying capacities. But uh, most importantly, importantly, and the one I think we're most curious about is her current role of supporting K-12 programs. Um, she studied at Georgia Tech. Uh, she currently served alongside me on the Georgia School Nutrition Association's Industry Advisory Board and is still currently serving on Godot's Industry Advisory Council. Um, she's someone whose opinion and passion I greatly respect. Uh, Emerald Wick, thank you for joining us today. Oh, Corey, thank you so much for having me. It's definitely an honor to be on your podcast. And I have to say, this is my first one, so I'm really excited. Well, we're glad that your first podcast will be uh, will be the Servings Podcast, and and uh, I I know all of our listeners will uh, will have very high expectations for uh, for no pressure, no pressure, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Emerald, we have again. We're excited. We're excited to hear your thoughts and your expertise on some some hot button topics, but the most pressing question. Um, when we start every episode out with is what do you watch on TV or Netflix or Hulu or YouTube TV, Apple TV? What are we watching these days? Well, I have to say I just finished the white Lotus on HBO. And so I'm in a little bit of a a show hole. Anytime I I finish a really great show, I'm like, what could I even possibly watch next? that's going to be as good as this. And it was a very like dark, comedy in a way it was very interesting looking at the differences and like social class and privilege and um it was very interesting i couldn't get enough of it okay 
I, have I, you heard it, of it? It sounds like a, I haven't even heard of it. I don't know anything about it. I'm like, I'm sorry. This is the first time that I've been literally stumped by someone's answer to this, where I don't have a a thought on it or or any sort of you know I'm found a blind spot. You'll have to check it out. It's really good. Okay. Um, so any thoughts of what you're going to step into next then? Like, have you, again, once that uh, show fatigue wears off and you're ready to, to step into a new one, are there, are there any shows on the horizon, anything that's piqued your interest? Not yet. I'm looking, but I think, you know, we're coming up on fall TV and so a lot of things will be released and are coming out. And so I'm looking forward to that. I'm a big HBO um, series fan. So hopefully maybe succession or, you know, Big Little Lies or um, will come out with their next season. We'll see. <laughs> well, there you, there you go. And again, if you're looking for recommendations, I can tell you that I have been, I'm a huge fan of Ted Lasso on Apple TV. Of course. Yes, we're watching Ted Lasso as well. It's real. that was like the, the sunny spot show of my like 2020, like, uh, you know, pandemic yes. year. It was the happiest show, and I just loved the first season. And the second is proving to be pretty good as well. It it really is. So everyone listening to this, if you're not familiar with Ted Lasso, strong recommendation by both of us. It's a show that uh, people of all ages, um, all backgrounds can watch and really feel Absolutely. good about it and and laugh. Well, yeah. Emerald, I all I'll right. ask you this: We haven't really asked anybody this question yet because um you know maybe maybe we'll transition into some new questions here but as someone who i imagine spent some time in their car being on the industry side what do you listen to when you're in the car well i mean besides this podcast obviously Uh, yes i i do a lot of listening to um kids uh and toddler music when i'm hauling my little ones around when i'm working you know i usually take that opportunity to be making calls and uh get my hands free phone calls in you know whether it's personally catching up with my sister or making those calls with my colleagues or i always try and schedule um meetings in the car to maximize that time well there you go everybody she is constantly working and (laughs) most likely probably working on your behalf (laughs) yes well so, Emerald, since you're uh, the first guest from industry on our podcast, I think many of the folks listening um, probably have partnered with you or seen you at various shows so, or yeah. seen you on different Zoom calls or again, just at different industry events. But for those whose past maybe you haven't crossed yet, would you mind sharing a little bit of background on you and maybe how you ended up here professionally? And I guess maybe the cleaner way to ask you, what are your bona fides? Yeah. Um, Well, you know, I've been in this account executive role for uh, about three years now. And, you know, it was broken up a lot by obviously COVID. I was also on an extended maternity leave when I started. So there's a good chance maybe I didn't see you at that, you know, industry event when we were meeting in person. But hopefully, you know, seeing your face or, um, you know, touch base with you over the phone or via Zoom. Um, but you know, I, you mentioned I've been with General Mills for 12 years. I actually started in our manufacturing facility here in uh, Covington, Georgia, um, as a quality engineer. And so I was hired right out of school, um, tech, and I worked in the plant for about four years as a quality engineer. And then I, I did a stint in, um, in Minneapolis where General Mills is headquartered and worked on our ingredient, um, ingredient supply team. So our, uh, our quality team at corporate that audits and approves all of our ingredient vendors and manages those partnerships. It was really eye-opening to see that, that end of the business. And then, you know, I've been fortunate enough to come back home 
which is Atlanta for me. And um, I worked remotely and audited those ingredient facilities for you know about three years. So I've been in hundreds and hundreds of different mm -hmm. manufacturing plants. And um, and then you know I had my second child, or I was pregnant with my second child, and ready for a little bit of a change. And I've always been passionate about quality and and food safety, but I was ready for something new. And I knew General Mills was the right place for me. And so um, actually, a position in food service sales came up, and it just so happened to really fit my personality. And I, I've loved every minute of this. It's been a, a lot of learning, uh, you know, a new industry, um, but. A lot of things that I've, you know, from my past, uh, I've been able to incorporate into my role here, and um, and you know, working with K twelve is one hundred percent like the highlight and I think the best part of of my role as an account executive here in Atlanta. And um, the K twelve industry is just uh, full of amazing people and just doing amazing things, right? Feeding our our kids and um, and it's been really fun and and wonderful. And so, you know. I can't believe it's been three years. And if we haven't crossed paths yet, call me. I'm going to call you and we're, we'll get connected because uh, supporting our K-12 partners is is really um, the best thing we do. Yeah, I, I think you you echo a lot of words of, of you know, what I see in, on the industry side, obviously being in, in the chairman role now of the industry advisory board myself, but being able to see how many people on the industry side, they're, the highlight of their professional world is being able to interact with K-12. through And um, it really is, um, you know, uplifting and, you know, it makes my heart happy to see so many people willing to serve, willing to take those extra few steps uh, because they thoroughly enjoy working with K-12. through and, and again, hearing you say that, and well, obviously it's not a surprise. You and I have talked about it many, many times. But um, I think it's important for folks out there who maybe don't get a chance to interact with, and I'm using industry in that big, broad term here, um, quite as often to know that there are so many folks who uh, who truly have a passion for supporting K through 12. Absolutely. And, you know, if I wish I could just focus on K-12 100% of the time. You know, I'm sure it's similar in other for other companies where, you know, we have our commercial business or like healthcare and, you know, different segments of the, the industry. But um, like I said, um, K-12 is my favorite and I've made the most, the strongest connections and, um, you know, lifelong friends in this, um, through, through this. No, absolutely. And, um, so, I mean, this is going to be an, an awkward segue, right? Like we're going from all the warm and fuzzies to maybe the, uh, the one topic that's keeping the most people up at night. So yeah. again, I, I think this is, this is what everyone's probably here for. Um, to hear your thoughts on this, and we'll just throw it right out there, some of the current distribution challenges, right? So yeah. on the equipment side, you know, uh, where I, that's the part of the industry that, that I live in, um, it's, it's wild. It's, um, it's things that we've never seen before, lead times we've never seen before, challenges we've never seen before. But I know the segment that keeps most directors up, most cafeteria managers up, most, um, most of the folks from the school nutrition team up, um, tends to be on the, the challenges around food and, and getting food delivered on time. So Emerald, you, you know, I have a great deal of respect for your opinion and your insight. So I'm genuinely curious to hear your thoughts on this issue. Um, so let's start here. What are driving these challenges around distribution with food products? What, what do you think would be helpful for the folks listening um, to kind of understand maybe where these challenges are coming from? No, absolutely. This is definitely on the top of everyone's mind. It is a number one concern for us and our customers that we service. And, you know, 
in in distributing food, it's very similar to a lot of other industries, right? We have material challenges. So, you know, I mentioned sourcing ingredients. You know, we don't uh, all the ingredients that maybe go into cinnamon toast crunch. You know, we source that cinnamon from a third party supplier. We source that that sugar. We source, you know, the wheat flour. So all types of of different things come from many different places. And you know what? the industry and just what the world is seeing across the board, across industries is, you know, labor shortages, transportation issues, right? Um, you know, logistics and transportation. With food production, there's so many steps along the way and moving pieces that any one thing can completely throw off the whole the whole um, ecosystem, right? So, so I think it's been a very much a perfect storm of a lot of different issues. And so, some other issues that we run into, I mentioned some ingredient availability challenges, um, labor constraints at our production facilities, at our ingredient suppliers, you know, transportation. There's a labor um, crisis, if you will, going on everywhere, and we're, we're definitely. Um, feeling that. Also, you know, when you think about a manufacturing facility, say, you know, um, you know, we have all of our ingredients, we have all of our packaging materials, you know, printed film, printed corrugate, all of that comes from third-party suppliers that we rely on, you know, to get their product to us on time so we can make our product and get it to our customers, right? Yep. And so, um, you know, even if all that goes great, we run these huge plants and sometimes we have a, a mechanical failure and being down for a couple hours could mean truckloads of product. Yep. You know, that's how quickly we're producing and how much we're making. So that, you know, can be an issue on certain, um, on certain things where we had unplanned downtime at our production facility. And you know what, that means we're short thousands and thousands of cases, um, you know, and where we're in a business where we forecast, we plan, we have very tight, um, because our capacity, you know, we only have a certain amount of time to schedule certain flavors of certain items and uh, capacity in our, our manufacturing facilities. And so we operate very closely to a schedule and to a forecast. And something that's happened with COVID, you know, and with the volatility is, you know, we've seen spikes in items that we've never seen and that were not even predictable, right? You know, yep. when COVID hit, who would have, we could never have predicted the the immediate spike in demand for um, individually wrapped grab and go type items. And even someone as big as General Mills, like it, it's a huge process to maybe fit that in or, or, or um, schedule in an extra, you know, 100,000 cases of something, right? So well, that's a huge feat in of itself. Yeah, I, I think to to even maybe summarize even down further, I think the challenge is, again, and let's back up. I mean, has anyone said the, the two letters IW next to each other more in the last 18 months than <laughs> school nutrition? Like, I mean, it's been unbelievable. And, and the real, and this is, these are the, the challenging conversations. And I think what's important for um, that open dialogue and open communication from, from industry to school, nu school nutrition to have is there are so many things along the way that are being affected in the same way that every other industry is being affected. We talk about labor shortage, right? And, and then on top of that, for the longest time in a lot of the production facilities, you had additional challenges around spacing. Um, yep. only being able to have so many people in the building at any certain time. So that reduces production capabilities. And then, like you said, you rely on 
on partners, be it from the packaging side to the ingredient side, you rely on the availability of staff and that staff to show up, right? If there's any sort of COVID challenges, I'm sure General Mills is going through the same processes and protocols other companies are, which are quarantining teams and staff. And um, it just, like you said, it turned into the perfect storm where as demand ramped up for a lot of these items, most manufacturers weren't able to meet the demand because they also weren't able to, you know, handle they weren't they were facing the same challenges everybody else was right and, and so there's no clean way of saying you know it's wild that you know in in most of my lifetime if you saw um you know an increase in a need for football shoes right like well nike's gonna make more football shoes but we're not living in a world where that's able to be done and so um i think that dialogue and that's my encouragement to those listening to this, to uh, both on the industry side and school nutrition side is to have that open dialogue, because, again, I, I hope I'm not, um, you know, spoiler alert here. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, 100%. I think, you know, the Delta variant going on, there's a lot of um, pivoting. Uh, schools are changing. Um, even their learning method, like as we go, we're figuring this out as we go. And so, you know, with that volatility, uncertainty, you know, potentially changing on a dime, um, I think it, it is going to get uh, a little difficult. And and that's, that's a big part of too, like uh, being unable to predict or forecast, right? Even, even like start of school is always a very busy time. But I know, you know, we had some service disruptions just from some you know, warehouse and yard congestion from, you know, a lot of orders going out at the same time, right, at, at certain, you know, um, distribution facilities. So there, there's all like a myriad of of, of reasons. And I, I, I hate to say you're probably right that it is going to get um, a little worse. I think we have a rocky road ahead of us. But I also think that, like you mentioned, the key to this is is staying really close and and you know that partnership with your distributor and that and your manufacturer of that those items um like myself with general mills you know having that conversation of knowing you know being able to, us being able to give you the heads up like hey we're having issues like right now we're having issues on mini pancakes um you know but what's great is General Mills has a really wide portfolio of items that really easily and quickly sub in and out and, you know, that are readily stocked at, at, at those distributors. And so I think having that conversation, but but for schools to be really flexible and understanding there's a lot of moving parts that General Mills is doing doing a lot. We're prioritizing, um, you know, production of certain SKUs. We are trying, you know, our best to position products to make sure we know like large users of products get get what they need or it gets to the right spot. Um, but sometimes, you know, there's only so much uh, that is within our control that we can do. And then that's where it comes in. OK, let's make the right sub. And a lot of times distributors might do that on our behalf or we can work with you if you've already you know, tested something out and say, yep, we like this in place of this. We know it works. Similar nutritional profile. We can just kind of swap it out. And, it, you know, it's not going to be a disruption to the students. You know, they're used to seeing that that type of item and we can swap it out and, and get be ready to go. So, you know, having that that flexibility, um, I think, is really key. And then just knowing, um, you know, pick up the phone and call, and call me and I'll call you when I know these things are happening and uh, and we'll talk through it. Yeah, I, I, he answered my question, my next question here a little bit. Um, but Emerald, 
are there specific things that General Mills is able to do to alleviate these challenges or to best support school nutrition? Like um, you had mentioned um, a few of those things, but um, anything else that, that you'd like to, to have everybody kind of know that, that are solutions or, or conversations that you're able to have? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think a big thing is just finding that, that right sub, you know, cause we do have items in our portfolio that are healthy, that we know we can get. So, um, and that, that are easily interchangeable. So like being able to, to sub quickly and easily, um, and then, you know, I think having that conversation, I can then like run that up the chain and say, Hey, you know, this, particular distributor like we have you know this amount of product or this is you know I could put more context to the situation and they can't necessarily control like where we where we position product but having it on our logistics teams and our our, um, team's radar is definitely helpful like anytime there's a new item we have a process we follow so we know like hey there's going to be extra volume of this item coming coming through this distribution channel so we have the heads up and can can produce to that amount and can um can send the product to the right spot. So it well, can be. Yeah. And, and you make a really good point there that I'd, I'd like to kind of interject and, and add a little bit more to is uh, there are pretty much every school nutrition program in the country having the same challenges at the same time, right? Yeah. yeah. Most of these programs come to the same conclusion or the same um, solution to these problems around the same time. So the sooner that that you can problem solve and have these conversations with Emerald or with your industry partner and whatever challenges you're having, the sooner you can get to the front of that line. And that way you're not behind. I always pick on Los Angeles Unified. Nobody wants to be behind LA Unified on, you know, on the shipping list. Right. So (laughs) the sooner that you can have those conversations, the more often you can have those conversations, the more likely it is you're going to be at the top of the list, which means the less likely it is that someone like Emerald or some, you know, one of your other industry partners has to tell you, that's a 16 weekly time. Yeah. And maybe it's, you know, sweetening the blow uh, by, you know, doing something special for the students or for your staff, you know, leveraging your industry partners. Um, you know, we, we have the means to do that kind of stuff. So, you know, maybe it has been rough on mini pancakes, but if we can do something fun and like maybe do a, a special launch for waffles or do something special and um, exciting for students or for staff, you know, that can kind of, um, you know, there's always that lever to pull as well. Yeah. Well, I think the, if I can summarize a very complex and very deep and wide problem with one very simple phrase or word, it's communication, right? It's, It's that open dialogue that, understanding that both sides are going to have to be very flexible and things that have worked in the past and programs that existed in the past are probably paused and it's going to require um, just a lot of understanding and patience and um, you know realizing that nobody wants to to be in this boat right like nobody wants to have and maybe I'm just projecting here I don't want to have to have the conversation with somebody where where I tell you you can't get shelving for 10 weeks. Right. But, um, the reality is like, that's the world we live in. And so the sooner that we can have that conversation, the sooner we can plan, right. The, the better we're all going to be. in, And I think the better spot we're all going to be in. So uh, Emerald, I appreciate your thoughts on that. I know a lot of people appreciate your thoughts on that. Um, so transitioning a little bit here, um, 
given what you know and uh, maybe the experiences that you've had or, or how you see some of the current challenges with everything we've talked about, if you were a school nutrition director or you were, you know, someone in charge of procurement or you were a cafeteria manager, what steps would you be taking to weather the storm or what recommendations would you make to these folks? Uh, I would definitely, you know, continue to say that flexibility, like trying out some other products to say, yep, this is a good sub or knowing like, hey, you know, this item can be used in, um, you know, um, in a variety of different ways, right? It's not just for one um, 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 meal occasion, you know, or it's not just for um, a certain cycle on the menu, like just being a little, being really creative and flexible um, as far as, as menuing those items and, and leaning on the manufacturer reps to for that kind of insight and knowledge and things that we might know or see that, um, you know, as a school nutrition director, you have so much on your plate and a lot going on, you know, let, let us take off some of that, um, some of that burden and stress, you know, lean into Chef Monica, like our corporate, our corporate K-12 chef for, for ideas or lean into some of the, the resources that are available um, to hopefully help, um, help alleviate some of those, those pain points, you know, whether it's labor saving or time saving, um, and also, you know, being flexible to, to switch things out when needed. Yeah, I, I think that's a very important point as it relates to the prism of how I view things, right, from the equipment side where, you know, right now we're seeing um, programs that have, I mean, one of the programs I spoke with the other day, they have 80 plus openings currently, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, insane, yeah. Like it's, it affects how they're able to serve children and maybe the menu items of which they're able to do, they're able to do that. And so my encouragement is if you're facing challenges around labor, around um, the ability to serve certain menu items, reach out to your industry partners, reach mm -hmm. out to your general mills and your Kellogg's and your, your other food purveyors, reach out to your equipment folks and say, Hey, these are the challenges that I'm having. You know, how can we, how can we work together to solve this? Right. And um, I think, and again, this is me projecting. And since I'm the host of this, I get to project a little bit, right? Um, my projection kind of looks like this, that if those partners aren't able to give you great answers and great solutions, well, it might be time to find better partners, right? <laughs> like if, if they're just there to sell you something and that's the only thing they're bringing to the equation, well, I can tell you there's some great folks in the industry who are, who are happy to do more than just sell you products. Absolutely, yeah. To give you some solutions so many like just resources and uncovering like what does that look like for for you and your district and your staff and your needs and so you know relying on on those partners to to tailor something special um for you that's really going to help you i think it just it like it comes down to that communication again it's, it's talking about and uncovering what that is you know it's, it's not it might not just be like a simple sub out for a product you know it could be you know a support in a completely different and new way yeah um, and that and that's what's fun about i think our industry right is there's there's a lot of really cool solutions that are just kind of on the horizon horizon that are waiting to be implemented. Yes. Um, and maybe it, it takes a, a crisis or some challenges like this to really kind of get the ball moving. But there are solutions out there. Uh, again, on the equipment side, we've seen a lot of the solutions, whether it be from, uh, you know, batch cooking and, and blast freezing 
to utilize okay. staff when you have it to again IW right individually wrapped items um, being able to maybe take the burden off cooking and some of the staff absolutely well so now that we got some of the the not so fun stuff out of the way um, let's talk a little bit more about some happy more you know smiley topics right um, <laughs> I'm just so great with words sometimes um, so. <laughs> Obviously, anybody who's heard me speak for more than a few minutes knows I'm a firm believer in progressing school nutrition and, and really trying to uh, help school nutrition keep up with the rest of the food service industry. Again, it's not to say that school nutrition is broken, that we need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I think when we step back and realize society has changed far more dramatically over the last couple decades than maybe school nutrition has, and, and specifically how we interact with food service outside of school nutrition. Um, it hasn't been a proportionate shift. And so I think continuing to evolve is not only healthy, but I think it's vital for the continued success of school nutrition programs, again, not just across the state of Georgia, but across the country. And so with that context in mind, Emerald, what innovations or menu items do you see as game changers for school nutrition? What do you see on the horizon? Absolutely. I mean, I definitely see, you know, getting the students involved in a way. And I think that's where I think social media plays a really interesting role. Um, I've seen some districts do a lot of like sharing what they're and not only, you know, for their students, but for the community and the parents, but also for their um, counterparts, right, and other districts uh, to share ideas and what they might be doing and kind of elevating that experience and bringing it to the student via social media. And I think it's a really powerful tool that can be leveraged and you have this great audience and um, platform to, to kind of reach a lot of people. Yeah. And I think, you know, bringing school nutrition, you know, to that, to that social media world, I think is a great way. And I think most districts are, are doing that and are starting to, to um, post and share. Uh, you know, I also think kind of um, bringing that type of cuisine and, and eating experience to school nutrition too. I think uh, we have a lot of uh, young foodies out there. Yeah. So like, what are those trends that we're seeing in like the commercial space, you know, um, and at restaurants or, you know, what is trending on Instagram? Like, you know, um, um, different types of like donut toppings or, or yeah. whatever it might be, you know, the flavor of, of the month, but like capitalizing on that and, and getting um, creative and, and bringing excitement you know, and it doesn't have to be anything insane or like super elevated menu items. It could just be like a fun, you know, crazy idea, like something with, you know, cereal milk. You know, thinking about World School Milk Day is coming up. We have we do a lot for cereal milks. So I was perusing Instagram for cereal milk recipes and ideas, like a cereal milk latte or or whatever it might be. You know, just simple tweaks um, to make like not only using social media as a um, source for ideas, but also a platform to, to reach the students in the community. I'm really, you're, you're speaking my language here. Um, again, any, any of the directors I've, I've worked very closely with have no, know that those are a couple topics that I talk about constantly and with a great deal of passion. I, I firmly believe that no one's going to market to the students better than their own peers, right? Oh, yeah. So letting them take control of a social media account, letting them share with what they think is important. And again, I promise you, I absolutely will stake my reputation and a steak dinner on it. That, that if you give control of, of the 
uh, school nutrition uh, social media account over to the marketing department of the high school or uh, marketing club, excuse me, or uh, a student program, they will do a great job. It is an opportunity for them to uh, have a tangible thing that they can put on their college applications, right? Like, and so there's some great things that can come from that. And as it relates to the way that we dine and consume things on social media, right? Like I go back to, um, there's some companies who do this really well. And Walt Disney World is one of those, right? Where they're constantly releasing these LTO menu items, not because they're great tasting menu items, but because they are so Instagram worthy, right? Like yeah, it's just fun. take it's, a picture of it. Yes, it's news and it's fun. And that's the whole point of like an LTO, right? So like even doing that, like, you know, from a school perspective, you know, what's something you could do some drive excitement, drive, get people talking about it. Something that's, you know, silly or fun and you know you do it for a couple weeks and you're right it's instagram worthy it gets people talking and you know it's exciting and it and it engages the students with like there's a there's a sense of buy-in and ownership that happens because they want to be a part of it they want to see what's coming up they want to see their own pictures tagged and posted on social media and so um i love hearing you say that i know that's something that's near and dear to my heart where um it doesn't take much in fact i would argue it would actually take less effort um, to offload that to, you know, the student body or, or the uh, marketing clubs at the high schools to be able to take ownership of that. And, and really you know, it. even too, again, leaning on your industry partners, I think a time like now, you know, I'm sure a lot of school nutrition programs are like, uh, it's kind of off the plate right now. I don't have time. There's a lot more important pieces that need to be taken care of. But I think, like you said, it's a lot easier than it might seem. It might seem daunting at first, but even, you know, General Mills puts out like Snapchat filters and, you know, um, like even a, um, a TikTok, you know, dance video where, you know, it's a, it's a digital file and you could just easily share it. And so there's um, a lot of easy ways. And like you said, leveraging maybe those tech savvy high school marketing clubs or our students, you know, to help distribute it. it. It's not as a heavy lift as it might seem. And I think it can bring a lot of, you know, joy and excitement to a very, um, you know, stressful time. Well, and, and again, you, you couldn't be more right. I would even add to that Emerald that it has benefits across a few different channels, right? So again, if we're not if folks aren't talking about the challenges around getting certain menu items and food items delivered, the next thing they're talking about is staffing challenges, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you have social media uh, accounts that exist out there that show fun and innovation and exciting new things, you're going to generate buzz. You're going to get interest from maybe a younger um, talent pool um, as far as being able to solve some of the staffing challenges. And so there's a lot of benefits that come with the progression of school nutrition. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, final questions. And and again, we'll get you out of here on this. Um, We're recording this just a week or two into the start of the new school year. Again, depending on on what part of the state you're in. Um, And there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of hand wringing. There's just a lot of um, challenges that I think maybe a month or so ago, everyone thought maybe we were on the backside of it. So, yeah. But it still hasn't dimmed maybe the hope and excitement that comes with this time of year. Right. So two part question for you, Emerald, what is your favorite memory from the past year and a half after everything we've been through and all the challenges we've navigated? And what are you most hopeful for as we're kicking off this new school year? Well, I'd have to say, you know, my favorite memory, like just collectively is, is getting to, 
to meet and and work with these school nutrition programs and i know like going in um, in person for a for a few of them after a year of not seeing them was just you know such a um a good feeling and made you realize like how much you know i i missed that in-person interaction but also how much all of these um all of these programs and all of these people just never ever waned or never like they they did all of the work and worked so hard throughout all of it there was never a moment that they they backed off and so you know just seeing the um you know the school nutrition community kind of come together and and get through such a difficult time um was pretty inspiring and you know i'm really hopeful knowing you know where everyone's been the last year like knowing whatever challenges might come up and face uh, you know school nutrition they're so agile and so like hardworking and willing to do whatever it takes for these students that that i'm confident you know no matter what covid throws throws our way that they're gonna own it and and just do an incredible job and always keep you know the um, the children and, and feeding them nutritious, amazing meals, like the top priority. And so, um, yeah, I hope it's it's not as rocky road as we think it's going to be, but I, I have all the confidence and, and hope in the world um, that we're going to get through it. And it can't last forever. No, I, I think that's very well said. And I echo that uh, wholeheartedly. I think what we've seen um, gives us hope for what we're about to step into, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Emerald, once again, thank you for being so gracious with your time and your insights today. Again, we truly appreciate it. I truly appreciate it. I know the people listening truly appreciate it. Um, I'd like to to leave us with some encouragement, maybe a little bit of truth as we um, as we exit this uh, this episode. But the last eighteen months have shown us that school nutrition is up for the fight, right? Unfortunately. I think that fight continues on. I know we talked about it here today, um, but I think Winston Churchill might have summarized they are currently the best by saying success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Um, and that, that really kind of hit me, right? Like we must continue down the road. And while the struggle is real and the challenges may, may feel everlasting and seem like they're going to go on forever. Mm-hmm. They're not. And there are so many great people in our industry that I encourage, you know, all of our listeners to lean on. If you need help finding that courage to push on, if you if you need that encouragement, please reach out to one of your industry partners. Uh, We are truly here for all of you. We are leading the cheers from the sideline. We are screaming um, as loud as we can possibly scream how great y'all are but we know you can't do it alone we know that you need our assistance and we're here to do whatever we can whenever you need it absolutely well said Corey. well Emerald, i appreciate it thank you for joining us i look forward to you know a time when we're all able to get back together in person and uh high five and celebrate together absolutely it was an honor being here thank you so much Corey. yeah of course and hopefully i we haven't scarred you too bad for any future podcasts oh no i can't wait for the next one <laughs> take care <laughs> You too. Bye-bye.